Welcome to the American Reformer Podcast, promoting a vigorous Christian approach to the cultural challenges of our day and rooted in the rich tradition of Protestant social and political thought. Hosted by Josh Abitoy and Ben Dunson. Today we are going to talk about transgenderism, um, not just generically, but uh, we've been thinking about this in light of the shooting in Nashville. Um, that that shooting uh, really brings up uh, quite a few issues. It, it brings up a lot of things just about uh, the culture that we live in, about um, uh, different uh, political attempts to to deal with transgenderism and so on. Um, Josh, I don't know about you. I, I, I've had kind of naively, I think, felt in the past that Christian schools were, were immune from this. I, I don't know why. I kind of, I kind of wondered if it would ever happen, but you just sort of think, well, that, you know, they're going to be different. You're not going to have the same kind of, uh, same kind of disgruntled anger, um, in, in those kids. And uh, I guess I just never really thought about um, someone maybe who had moved on from the school and um, or, or maybe just someone in, in society in general that is is full of rage towards Christians. Uh, it, it's one of those it's one of those things where this um, this kind of rage is um, is growing uh, against Christians. Christians are some of the only people who who sort of stand in the way of I guess total acceptance of transgenderism and um, I, I think we're gonna see this this sort of thing more and more um, this um, this uh, woman who who carried out this action seems to be a perfect example of this you know actually in in our own circles we've had this ongoing discussion about um, about um, how, how to love your neighbor and what real Christian hospitality looks like. And um, the, the sort of classic Christian tradition talks about how it's natural. It's actually a good thing um, to, to love yourself in a, in the right way. And that if you don't love yourself, you can't actually love your neighbor properly. Christ himself says to love others as you love yourself, which implies that you actually do have a proper um, love of self, not a disordered love of self. Uh, something that really struck me. I was reading um, Stephen Charnock, classic um, uh, Protestant uh, voice. He's famous for his his existence and attributes of God, but he had a, a discussion on this kind of the classic view of how you must have a, a rightly ordered love of self. And if you don't, uh, if you hate yourself, the actual outcome of that is going to be that you hate everyone else. I just thought that was really striking. It seems to be exactly what we're seeing in in transgender teens and, and and people is that they they hate who God made them, and mm-hmm. and because they hate who God made them, they hate themselves. They they naturally are going to lash out in this kind of violent violent anger um, towards towards others. Um, you know that the. the um, the shooting itself is is one thing, and there's probably plenty that can be said about that. But I found the the media response to be 
um, even as troubling as uh, in many ways as as what we saw in the act itself. Um, I, what have you seen um, in this regard? Yeah, without question. I mean, it and and the you can sort of see the disparity by studying other high profile killings and the 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 way that they get major ongoing media cycles, not just a 24 hour cable news cycle, but they get write ups in the Atlantic. Um, they ultimately lead to corporate campaigns and, uh, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars being devoted to, uh, social justice causes, you know, like, like look at the, the George Floyd, uh, incident, right. In the summer of 2020, this was a case where, you know, a lot of people, even if they said, hey, you know, the, the officer apprehending George Floyd used excessive force, or maybe he didn't show, you know, wasn't sufficiently showing regard for the life of this criminal he was apprehending. There was no like express evidence on its face that he was doing so because he was a racist, right? I mean, that was that was kind of conjecture. We don't we don't know um, if race had anything to do with the actions that the officer took in that case. How could you contrast that with this? <laughs> no. Right, right. You know, contrast that with this case. It's like, uh, I mean, we know, and there's a, there's a manifesto out there, but I mean, even just from social media and other hints, we already know that this was a, um, this is a politically motivated shooting and it's been whitewashed from the media entirely. In fact, everybody's talking about, how tough it is, how, how bad our society is for not fully affirming, uh, transgendered folks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, it's kind of almost a trite point to harp on about the hypocrisy. We all know it. We all know it's, it's hierarchy, not hypocrisy. We know that, um, Christians are just a group that the media frankly just doesn't care about. We're not useful to, the aims and the the program of, of the mainstream media and big corporations. So they're not going to, we're just not going to get, um, we're not going to get any real sympathy or self-reflection over this incident. Um, and so we need to kind of take that into account as we think about what we do going forward. Um, yeah. And even, you know, even but, more yeah. um, the, um, it's not even just that it's sort of disappeared from the discourse, but, that they very quickly frame things in terms of transgender uh, people um, being the victims themselves, and um, yeah. you know it, it, it wasn't the 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 administrators at the school and the children who were murdered who were the victims. It, it was transgender people who are the victims, and the real danger now they are saying is that. Um, right-wing extremists are going to use this as an excuse to persecute transgender people. So they, they took an attack on Christians and turned it into an attack on transgender people. An attack by a transgender person um, somehow is an attack on transgender people. I mean, the, the perversity yeah. of that is is kind of staggering, but... Yeah. And, you know, I'm almost the, 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 almost the, um, the silver lining in that response is, is really that I, I think you, you just, I mean, if you are in political power in a red state and you've seen this response and sort of the brazenness of it, uh, 
you really, at this point, you can't have any, your only appropriate response can be grim determination going forward. I mean, we, you know, the, I, I think that, and I think this is actually true. Um, red state administrations are going to look at all of this and it's really going to, to radicalize them a little bit in a good way. I think it, it, it can help to finally cure any remaining desire for um, mainstream media packaging and state legislative actions and the way that governors comport themselves. I think I think this will will really cure a lot of folks of of, of that um, that over reliance, uh, and you know I think you saw it just in the in the immediate aftermath. Um, you know the Tennessee legislature was was protested, and uh, they took very I think appropriate firm steps to continue continue conducting their business. Of course, that generated an, an, a whole other media firestorm and, you know, the vice president of the United States, you know, traveled down there and gave a talk and accused the Tennessee legislature of racism for shutting down um, what was essentially a little mini insurrection in the chambers there. Um, But yeah, I think uh, even, even more moderate Republican regimes in red states, there, there, there's just no, there's no illusion anymore of, you know, sort of neutrality or trying to keep the mainstream media happy. I think they've appropriately been radicalized over the aftermath of the, the last couple of weeks. Um, In a way that's, so, that's different than past, past issues like this, um, like gay marriage, you know, so-called gay marriage and, and things like that. Republicans seem to be very, uh, very willing to get in line on those issues and uh, there was there wasn't a whole lot of resistance, or at least there's there wasn't as much. They they actually were fearful of the the media branding of of being bigots and all of that. But yeah, it seems like you're right. Like the legislatures here, perhaps recognize that this is actually an existential threat. You know that that this is this is different, um, or or maybe it's not even different, but maybe it's just that they see it now. Um, it's become clear. I mean, you 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 have people in our in our country that talk about a uh, being in a cold civil war but i i kind of wonder if if people are shooting at you um it hardly seems like a cold civil war anymore um you know at least one side has decided to um to um well you know one individual on that side has, has decided to uh make that hot and of course i'm not i'm not um advocating a, a similar response on on the right for from individuals to start doing that. Um, in fact, that'd be I think incredibly foolish. Um, that you know, that's just what uh, many would want. In fact, to just further um, shut the right down. But um, yeah, it just it seems to be different now. And and uh, Tennessee is not the only state. Texas has been doing similar things. You know, these are these are I don't I don't know the details in tech in Tennessee, but in, in Texas, you know, Governor Abbott is not by any stretch of the imagination a, a right wing nut. Um, but he's been getting pulled further in that direction on on certain of these issues. And, and maybe it's just he recognizes it. Maybe he, he knows his people um, are, are fed up. I'm not sure, but there doesn't seem to be more willingness to to act. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and this this shooting underscored it. But I think that 
religious conservatives are starting to recognize that um, forming enclaves is not going to be sufficient to help uh, us like sustain our communities and survive. Um, the, you know, the covenant school in Nashville, you know, was, was an enclave. Um, they were not, you know, aggressively out there culture warring in the public square. Um, they were a, you know, they were a, a conservative Christian school, uh, sort of doing their thing, living quietly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, maintaining, you know, some basic Christian sexual ethics, but, you know, this is not like, this is not like a Westboro Baptist school or something like that. That's out there poking people in the eye in the public square constantly. And, you know, I think, I think too, um, you know, gay marriage, um, you know, conservatives did sort of lose that argument publicly. We could relitigate that, but there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think one of the things um, that differentiates the transgender uh, movement from, from that is that there's a, there's a much more tangible immediate victim in transgendered activism. Um, if parents of young kids, I mean, these are oftentimes the people that are least likely to be radical. They're most likely to have, you know, jobs that uh, really, you know, require them not to be activists. They're likely to maybe be the most, they have the most to lose if there's like social disorder in a lot of ways. They want the status quo to continue because they want to be able to raise their children and instability. And, but, but, but movements, uh, social movements that, you know, raise the specter of your little boy getting, you know, being castrated or your little girl getting a hysterectomy. Um, that's a sure way to radicalize, I think, relatively, um, mainstream, normal, parents. And so, so that's why I think you're, you know, unlike with gay marriage, you are running into, I think, some very grim determination amongst religious conservatives in these States. And, uh, because there's a victim, there's, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, this, this is an issue that reaches into potentially almost every home. I mean, even, even, you know, conservatives in conservative areas, probably have a neighbor or a friend or someone in their community whose child was, you know, experimenting with transgenderism and like every trusted adult in the school and doctors and everyone said, Oh, you have to, you have to allow them to transition. Otherwise they'll kill themselves. Mm. I mean, that's the script. They've all seen it. They all know it's a lie and they don't want it to happen to their own kids. And then they look at what's happening in places like California or I guess many Minnesota now too. These are states that are passing laws where, you know, the government can um, mandate that treatment over parental consent. And I think the, you know, we're getting to issues where very normal, respectable people, you know, with a house in the suburbs and 2.3 kids and a, you know, Labrador retriever, are getting to the point where they're saying, I can't tolerate being in a society that's like that. Like, you know, so. Yeah. And it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I, I'm in the Northern suburbs of Dallas and uh, it's, it's supposedly a very conservative area. And in our school district, um, they, they've, the kids are being exposed to the, the, the drag stuff. 
And uh, and there's you know that we have a Republican mayor and we have um, uh, pe- people who are who are saying oh it's it's not happening you know it's not happening here and it, it clearly is and they're trying to hide it um, and it's um, it's already it's already in the schools and um, and the the people that are trying to fight it are being labeled as as, as extremists uh, the the one school member board or school board member who is fighting this has been banned from um, stepping foot on school property in the school district of which he is a, a school board member. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the mayor who's, who's a Republican, but he's, he's the kind, you know, he's the kind that's just simply uh, we like a lot of money and that's basically what it means to be a Republican. And, um, and that, that's all that matters. Um, you know, they're saying, oh, he's a liar and, and, um, and he's trying to attack teachers and, and all this. So uh, these places where you think you're safe, um, even there, it's such a rapid cultural revolution that you, you're, you're not safe anywhere from this. So I think you're right. P- parents, they see this in a wholly different light. This is a real threat to their own families, like a, a dangerous threat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, no, that's right. And, you know, look, I mean, in the aftermath, um, and I guess this was already scheduled, but apparently, um, the, the last day of March is trans awareness day. Um, and, uh, so, you know, the president came out and issued a statement, uh, in which he said a lot of stuff, but among other things, he said, transgendered people have shaped the soul of America. Um, you know, and this all came out a couple days after the shooting uh, down there in Nashville. And, uh, you know, and you look around and it's I mean, it's it's actually descriptively somewhat a true statement uh, mm. that they have shaped the yeah. soul of America as it is in 2023. There are, I, I think, according to the latest statistics, something like 300,000 uh, kids under 18 identifying as trans in this wow. country. And then 1.4 million adults identifying as trans. So this is a this is a big and growing issue. Obviously, anecdotally, you hear about these um, social contagion instances mm. where you know schools will have um, a wave of transgender of transitions. You know where 40, 50 percent of the girls in their high school will come out and claim trans identity. Uh, it reminds me of you know when I was a kid. Uh, the big thing was, uh, you know, anorexia and it was sort of a social contagion that would sort of sweep through a school or a community, um, especially, and there, there's good social science on this, but apparently it's the, uh, t- teenage girls are tend to be prevalent to sort of different waves. You know, there was, there was, uh, uh, cutting, right. That was, that was a big thing for a while and anorexia. Um, and so a lot of social science would say, well, the current, trend is is transitioning you know the one day di- i mean it's just uh, obviously the difference is that it's far less reversible than those other uh previous uh trends that have tended to um catch on with with teenage girls um but but yeah i mean it you know overall i mean it's it's uh the the, the marks and the effects of this activism are felt all over society and Increasingly, I think we're we're going to be confronted with a country ten years from now, where there's people who made they were lied to by every trusted adult in their lives. They made a decision that had permanent, irreparable effects on their own body, and uh, and they're going to be 
you know, uh, broken, angry, um, you know, who knows, some will regret it, regret it. And some will likely, um, become radicalized as a result of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, even, even now you you mentioned the, the trans day of of visibility and, and there was also the, uh, the talk of, uh, what was it? A a trans day of vengeance. Uh, I think that's what it was called. Something like that. And uh, yeah. I guess I guess maybe that rally got canceled. Um, they they realized the uh, optics of that were not maybe great. But there is a there is a kind of militancy and um, just ve- barely veiled threats of violence um, behind this movement. Um, it's it's quite extreme. Uh, y- you've you've got you've got some I think Christians some conservatives who who kind of look at at transgenderism and they think it's just it's chaos and it's just um it's sexual liberty and and it's just whatever you want do whatever you want be whoever you want to be and there is there is some truth to that but at the Mm -hmm. same time it's extremely militant and um and authoritarian and uh, these just barely veiled hints of violence well i guess they're not even veiled anymore are they i mean they're shooting um but um I, I listened to a, a podcast. Um, Mary Eberstadt was um, being interviewed by Mark Bauerline at First Things, and, and was talking about this and talking about why it's it's so so militant. Um, and, and she made a simple point. Uh, we don't have time on right now with this, but he would he would like this point. Um, <laughs> people can't live without rules, you know, as as Tymon yeah. would 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 say um, from um, Master and Commander. Uh, men must be governed. Um, People can't live without rules, and and she's I think she's exactly right. Even even this like radical libertarian uh, sexuality, eventually you're still going to have to codify things. You're going to have to have rules. People can't live in absolute chaos um, forever, and and that seems to be what we're seeing now. It's we're seeing like a, a very militant codifying of the of the rules or even the the, the laws of this new world order. And, um, and it's, it's extremely authoritarian and, um, quite violent. Um, but those orders are being imposed because you can't, you just can't live without knowing how, what to do in any circumstance. And, and so I think these, these legislatures are, are recognizing that the the people in in the States are recognizing that, and maybe even some sane people in the center and center left are, are seeing this, um, but um, and to, to to park on that for a minute, I mean, this is this is an issue where it's it's compromise is very very difficult, um, because you know on the other, I mean, the folks in the transgender movement, they view like law. Tennessee just passed a law that said uh, banned minor transitions, right? They view that as withholding necessary medical care. I mean, they really, or they would say they do. They would say that they view that about the same as um, withholding a blood transfusion uh, from from a minor who'd been in an accident. So, so in their in their worldview, they say they view this as um, to not intervene is to uh, create irreparable harm. It's to it's almost like akin to violence. Yeah. So, you know, for for them like the presence of a Christian school that um, that that is a holdout from that consensus is this is not, you know, this is not 
they don't, there's not really a, like a live and let live solution that's acceptable to them. Uh, this is an evil that needs to be stopped in their eyes. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, and, and it is, I mean, it's more than that, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's, it's not just that you're harming them. I mean, you kind of hinted at this, but I mean, they, they literally believe that, that they are, they are being killed. You know, they, they, they believe that this is going to lead to mass death among their, their transgender peers. And, um, and that essentially, I I mean, what the, what that girl did taking up a gun and shooting is just in, in uh, many of their minds, self-defense. I think that's, I think that's the point that they've gotten to is, is that if we don't, if we don't do this, then they're going to keep killing us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is chilling. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, so in- then there's the sorry. I, oh no, go just ahead. To, then there's the quick turn to you know to gun control as well, which um, sort of another aspect of this case that we may want to park on briefly. But um, you know, this was the grounds for the protest in the Tennessee state legislature that caused three legislators to be removed. They were speaking out of turn, breaking the procedural rules, and so they were they were kicked out of the uh, the proceedings. Um, but you know, the, the, I mean, once again, here, we've got a situation where law abiding citizens are being asked to basically give up their rights, um, because of the overall collapse in, in civic virtue in our country. So it's, you know, you take, you know, our, our, our modern society makes people insane. Um, and it does that a very variety of ways, right? Um, but it makes people insane, and then it um, it uses it uses their acts of insanity to then uh, you know try to strip citizens of the constitutional rights that we've had uh, since our founding. Uh, so, so there's there's sort of that whole that whole component to it. And in coming weeks, um, I you know there was another mass shooting this morning actually, but. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see some some leading evangelical outlets um, starting to talk about gun control again. Uh, Christianity Today often in, in recent years has been fairly quick to run gun control articles uh, following shootings. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see that refrain uh, pick up again uh, now amongst, you know, Christianity Today and outlets like it. Um, and, you uh, you know, we, we, we sort of, we need to see some of this for what it is as well, which is basically a very, uh, you know, it's just a very cynical ploy to not let a crisis go to waste and, you know, leftist outlets sort of jump on these, you know, any occasion that occurs as an excuse to, uh, disarm the law abiding. Right. Yeah. No, they, they'll, they'll take any, any chance to do that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of brings us into, some of the uh, the deeper issues that that are brought out by by all of this. Um, you know, one of them is I, I've seen I think people who would would basically be in the same place as us on on sexual sexuality, sexual revolution. So I'm thinking of Christians, Christian conservatives, um, but they um, they're they're very nervous about aggressive action um, against this stuff um, and, and maybe even governors taking really aggressive steps. And, and the argument kind of goes like this, you know, we've got this very 
a very worthwhile constitutional order, maybe the best the world's ever known in, in America. We've got this this great constitution and and we have to be very careful to to preserve it. Um, meanwhile, on the left, uh, the, the the Democratic Party has been taken over mostly by people who who love to use the phrase "our democracy" and how we have to be vigilant to protect our democracy. What they mean by our democracy is their version of leftism. Um, and if people, as we've seen in Tennessee or in Texas, if they are able to persuade their legislatures to to pass this legislation about um, banning trans surgeries or, or drag shows or any of that stuff, uh, then all of a sudden our, our democracy is under threat, even though literally the, the people have decided through their legislatures uh, to, to do these things. So it's, it's an obvious sham on, on the part of these figures on the left. Uh, they, they don't believe in democracy. They just know that people will respond positively uh, to that, that language. And, uh, and they see it as useful to, to further their, the kind of uh, totalitarian aims. Um, but then we've got these people that are basically the same place as us on, on the sexual revolution but they are they're very fearful of people taking aggressive action against this stuff because they think that's going to be the end of our constitutional order. Whereas it seems more likely to me that if you don't do that, that's really going to be the end. Um, and and um, you know, if we just sit back and we just say, well, let's just uh, you know, it, the, the most dangerous thing we could do is. Is uh, is make sure that leftists aren't able to accomplish what they want. Then we've essentially said that that that's just it. That's America for the future. Um, so so a lot of these issues I think are are brought out with this. Um, I mean, thankfully we still do have the possibility of governors um, taking action and and state legislatures doing something, um, kind of standing in. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, going. I mean, going back to what I said in the beginning too. I, 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 you know, I hope that the last two weeks and the way it's played out is has has strengthened the resolve of a lot of red state legislators. Um, you know, the brazen, uh, you know, again, just disparity uh, between the Tennessee insurrection and the federal insurrection is is just kind of shocking and and impossible to really defend with a straight face. Unless, uh, unless you realize that um, when the left and the regime uses the phrase our democracy, what they mean by that is merely whatever procedures are helpful to substantively progressive ends, right? Mm, yeah. And like w- when you realize that, um, it, it helps bolster your immune system from critiques that you would, you would otherwise get. And I, I think, I hope um, that we're starting to see this uh, – more broadly, you know, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, other states are coming up as well. But I, I think that um, conservative politicians and leaders are, are growing immune to these sorts of attacks. And um, I, I think that's a very, very good thing. Um, and then I think, you know, um, we, uh, I mean, let's, let's keep in mind too, these energetic red state governors are not you know, rebels, they're not threats to the constitutional order. They're actually incrementally moving the constitutional order 
uh, back in the direction that it needs to be in, which is, you know, uh, the states are sovereigns. Uh, you know, they cede a portion of their sovereignty to the federal government. But otherwise, you know, if it comes to questions like keeping your citizens safe, um, you know, looking after the morality of your community, those issues are squarely in the provenance of state governments and the buck stops with governors. And I think actually just politically and as, as a people, um, we're all developing really good, helpful muscles right now. Uh, you know, even, you know, looking at this incident in Austin uh, where a, um, an Uber driver who, who shot, with, in a, you know, apparently in self-defense uh, and was convicted by sort of a radical Austin jury with an, a radical uh, Soros-backed DA pushing the prosecution the immediate response was political pressure on Abbott from grassroots people. Abbott, you got to pardon this guy. And he responded. Um, and he within put out a like statement. 24 hours, uh, I was, yeah. I was really shocked that Abbott would do that. But, but it, it was, yeah, I was, I was also pleasantly surprised by that. But, but what's going on is, is the, the public is tr- like, we're training muscles right now amongst the public to expect governors to act like sovereigns, to act like responsible. These are not people who can say that buck doesn't stop with me. I can blame the federal courts or the federal government or blame whomever else. Um, People are looking to their governors to protect them, to act as sovereigns, as lesser magistrates over the areas that they have control over. And I think that's a that's a very very good thing, and it's also a necessary thing. You know, um, there's a lot of uncertainty about federal politics and what direction it may take in coming years. But um, we absolutely need our people. You know, to the extent we still have reservoirs of civic virtue in states, we we really need to learn how to exercise that to real effect. And I, I think that's happening. Yeah, no, I, I see that too. It is it's an encouraging sign something that I think uh, Christians really need to, to get behind. And, um, you know, there's a lot that can be done. Well, I don't know, maybe there isn't really on the, on the national level, but there actually is real genuine good work that can be done on the state level in a way that, you know, can't even be done elsewhere. I I think about um, other nations, um, even, even a nation that we, we share a lot of political heritage with like the United Kingdom, so if things are if come down from on high, who is there below that can resist it? I mean, they don't have states, they have counties, um, but I mean, the, the counties don't have any sort of power in, in the way that our states do. And, and so there's really not anything that can be done if, if, if the top is imposing um, this on, on the bottom, then there's really no way to even uh, resist it, whereas that's not the case for us. Uh, so yeah, I think that's an encouraging sign that they're they're learning how to 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 rule again as as they should. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think this. I mean, this this also explains maybe some of the desperation of the left, but the existence of holdouts from the overall consensus. Um, these these offer the possibility of a rebuke to the consensus, right? So if you have um, California and other states that go whole hog into the transgendered movement. And then 20 years down the road, you've got this 
radical, kind of broken, extremely psychologically damaged population that was essentially the product of medical experiments. Um, and then you've got states that that were rational uh, through the whole thing and, and protected their citizens. Um, the presence of those states is a rebuke to the others. It, it's similar like with COVID, um, you know, the, the, the success, the flourishing and the outcomes that that someone like Governor DeSantis had relative to other states is itself an ongoing rebuke. And so I think, um, you know, no, the, the progressives are top-down social experimenters. They want to, they want to be able to control from the top and they want their experiments to work on a, you know, sort of population wide basis. And the presence of these smaller uh, political units that can stop them and hinder them is extremely, you know, it's extremely um, problematic to the program that they're trying to implement. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see it in the media, obviously. We're not going to see anything like that because they'll, they'll try to hide that. But people are voting with their feet. I mean, every single week, uh, every Sunday, just about, there's a new family from California at my church. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. staggering. Um, and it's the same thing every time, you know, it's, it's, um, they've just had enough, like it's just not livable. And, and these are, these are people who wanted to, they love California. They want to stay there, but they just can't, they've got to get out. And, um, and people know that, you know, it's, it's becoming, it's becoming clear. I, I honestly, I feel like there are these, these colonies almost in, in the, the Dallas area where, where Californians are, they're coming and there's the pioneers that arrive and then they tell the people back home, Oh, it really is. <laughs> it really is better. And, and, and then these, uh, these colonies are forming. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I've seen the same thing. I just joined a, just joined my little Baptist church a week ago. I uh, just moved to the area and uh, man, I, I, I swear, you know, half of the people I meet there are California refugees. You know, the, the week after we joined the church, um, like a whole family and their parents, I think, you know, something like, you know, 15 whole households, like 15 people, they all, they all just joined. They're all recently, recent Cali- uh, California refugees. Um, it's, it's really something. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to make use of the momentum and the uh, energy that they bring right now. Uh, you know, we can't, we need to, I mean, we see this in Texas, the immigrants that come to Texas are actually more conservative than native Texans. Um, I think that's probably true in a lot of States around the country. There are people who had a front row seat to the destruction that's been wrought in a place like California. We really need to capitalize on that and use the energy that they bring to make, you know, meaningful changes. And, And there's all sorts of, you know, when Tennessee passes a law, like what it recently, it passed two laws, right? It said you can't, you can't uh, cause a minor to undergo a transition surgery. And then it also passed a law about essentially stopping Drake queen story hour. When that happens, it, it, it draws the right people to your state. And it also causes some, uh, some beneficial attrition. It causes some people to leave yeah. uh, corporations and whomever else. And that is, uh, you know, it, and, and so the, the, both of those effects are, uh, important, um, you know, again, because wh- I think we're just, we're at a stage where we need to consolidate and at least have some justice somewhere at the state level. Um, even if you continue to fight at the federal level and hope for the best and maybe at least restrain some evil at the federal level. Um, 
But if we don't kind of shore up and consolidate our power at the state level, uh, you know, then really the last centers of resistance are, are going to disappear. And I'm, I'm hoping we'll start to see more cooperation even among uh, these governors of red states uh, because they, they can do a lot on their own. I mean, a state like Texas is is a, practically a large nation in its own right. Um, so they can do a lot. But if they were to if they were to join forces, I think they could they could do even more. Uh, I know some of that's happening, but uh, it would be it would be um, encouraging to see more uh, collaboration on that, too, because they could do they could do even more. Yep. Um, well, we've got um, we've got three articles that we've published at American Reformer over the last um, six months or so that that deal with transgender issues. Um, one was back in October of 2022 last year, and that uh, was by Andrew Branch. It was uh, called "Pluralism Won't Save Us." Uh, it was a really great article. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend uh, listeners go and check that out. We'll put these in the show notes. Um, it was one of the most important things it was bringing up was what do you do when a state uh, tries to take your children? I mean, like being ready for that sort of thing. They try to take your children and uh, allow them to be surgically or or um, chemically mutilated irreparably. And they they're trying to prevent you from stopping them as a parent. What do you do? And and he's. Uh, he's talking about the, the need for, for Christians to be prepared to, to help those families flee those states, but also for red states to protect them, uh, for governors to protect them. So that one that one was um, really great. We, we had um, another one just more recently, um, The Deep Heaven of the Gay Gods. This was by Zephram Foster. Uh, this was just a, a couple weeks ago. And um, and he was he was connecting. Uh, this to uh, C.S. Lewis's that hideous strength and just the um, really the demonic nature of what we're seeing in in all of this trans stuff um, and the, um, the the attempt to simply overcome human nature and um, uh, that was definitely worth your time and then we had one last one um, which was just a couple of days ago um, by Zachary Groff which was. Um, transgender terrorism uh, question mark and that was more dealing with the situation in in Nashville and also just kind of what what's behind that uh, spiritually speaking so uh, definitely worth checking those out um, Josh do you want to have the last word before we uh, call it a day no I mean I think that our, our prayers you know continue with the families from the covenant school and for that whole community um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know about you, Ben, I, ever since that's happened, I've just, I've even struggled with how to process this and, and what, what, um, what the right emotions are. I mean, it, as a parent, uh, and as part of this community, you know, part of me just, it wants to break something. It wants to, uh, you know, express myself in an angry way. And I, I think that, I, I do think there's a lot to this idea that, um, you know, we're not merely contending with, uh, with human actors here, you know, that there is a spiritual warfare component to what's going on in the transgendered movement that has a lot of explanatory power. Um, it's so insane. It's so broken. Um, and, 
in a lot of ways, what we see is, is, uh, you know, the, the enemy, the enemy tricking humans into marring themselves permanently. It's almost like a perfect symbol for Satan's aims on humanity and how he desires to destroy God's creation of which man is the pinnacle. And, and so, um, you know, our, our, um, yeah, it just, it underscores, uh, I think, the real spiritual spiritual stakes of, of what we're up against right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, that's a, a good note for us to go on uh, today, go out on. Um, and um, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the American Reformer Podcast. Make sure to visit us online at AmericanReformer.org. That's AmericanReformer.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at AMReformer.